Hello and welcome to NDIS Know How, a podcast series that asks how can parents get the very best NDIS plan and ample funding to support their kid. This podcast is written and made by me, Melanie Dimmitt, the author of Special, Antidotes to the Obsessions that Come with a Child's Disability, and sponsored by HireUp, a disability platform connecting families like mine with top-notch support workers. In many of my previous episodes, a piece of advice that keeps coming up is find good therapists for your kid. Good therapists are the ones that will write the good NDIS reports, get your kid the funds they need, and put those funds to good use. So, I've called in an expert on therapist team building. In this episode, I chat with Paul Posibon, a father of three whose youngest, 11-year-old Max, has a condition called cerebellar ataxia, which affects the majority of his functions. Max's challenges are mainly in the physical space and with balance and coordination. So we do a lot of physical therapy with physiotherapists and occupational therapists, and that's predominantly aimed at getting him safely moving around his environment. Paul is currently the managing director of a large paediatric therapy centre in Sydney. But at the time of Max's diagnosis, like many of us, he was completely new to the disability space. The Posabons travelled far and wide, interstate and overseas, to find the right therapies and therapists for Max. They came across a US-based centre that was holding pop-up therapy intensives for kids in Sydney. And it kind of just set us on a different path in terms of opening us up to the intensive therapy model, which is about you know, a whole bunch of therapy squished into a three-week period. So you sort of sort of accelerate the results and sort of see the benefits or the outcomes in a faster time period than if you were doing traditional therapy over, you know, a longer term. Um, so we got exposed to that at an early, early age with Max and it kind of set us on our path for a therapy modality or a therapy structure that really worked for us and for our family. So we've been on that path since then. Max was three years old when his family found this therapy centre, and by the time he was seven, Paul was the managing director of its first Australian branch. Paul has seen a lot of parents undertake the tricky, time-consuming art of building a team of therapists around their kid, and has oodles of advice in this area. In terms of what I've learnt about that whole process, you know, it's just don't give up. Um, you need to find the clinic or the or the therapists that are the right fit for you and your family. And that will be different for every family and every child. Find a, a therapist or a, or a clinic that's going to provide a supportive environment, not only for your child, but for you, because that is going to help you infinitely in your journey over the next few years if you've got an environment or like even an, an admin team or, or, or a contact within the clinic or, or whatever, or even the network of parents that you meet in the lunchroom or the parents' lounge at your therapy clinic, um, that's going to be as important as the therapists um, that are treating your child. I completely agree with Paul here and have made many good friends while sitting in the waiting rooms of Arlo's therapists. When I asked Paul, what are some things that parents can look out for when they're meeting therapists that might indicate that this is a good one? He says, I think one of the first things is is knowledge. Obviously, you want someone who has a good deal of knowledge and experience behind them, someone who understands the disability and, and, and how that disability is affecting your child's body. Um, but can also articulate that back to you so that you can better understand your own child. Uh, you know, why? You know, the physios will be able to tell you why the child moves in that way. And this is why I'm doing this exercise 
one million times with that child because I'm trying to address this. You're like, oh, what, you know, in, as a parent, you look at it and go, oh my God, they're doing that exercise again. Like, can't we move on? Like surely, you know, but they're doing it for a reason. But sometimes, you know, if you've got a great therapist, they will articulate to you why they're doing it for the millionth time. According to Paul, a good therapist will also latch onto your child's ever-changing interests and stay in tune with whatever lights them up. So that's kind of really, really important. Uh, the other thing is, is you know, you need, you need, you know, we're, we're in the paediatric world. These are kids. So you need your therapist to have a level of fun. If they can't bring a level of fun or a level of play or a level of distraction into a session, they're not going to get your child through that full 50 minutes or, or hour or whatever the session is. So what's the point? Right. You need, in many cases, your child to think that they're not doing therapy so they can get through the full amount of therapy that you've got planned for them. So um, so in that respect, you, they need to have a level of fun and uh, and and then be able to sort of uh, capture it along with the the function so that's kind of the last sort of element that I, i'd sort of speak to is the function that the, the therapist needs to be functional in that they need to be very very aware and mindful of your goals for the child they need to be very very realistic with you about what's actually achievable in a time period that they're working with that child and sort of because they may have to reset your goals that you've set and then they have to keep those goals in mind with everything that they do um Good therapists are good with your kid for the time that they're with them, right? Yes. But great therapists think about your child before, during, and after their sessions. And you know a great therapist because they will come to the start of every session with your child and they'll be, they'll be like, oh, my God, I've been thinking about this or have you ever thought of this or, oh, I've been thinking about this game we can play that I really think Max or Arlo are going to like, or, you know, they're the ones that you need to find. They are the great therapists that come to your sessions as enthusiastic about what's about to happen for that child as you are as the parent. That's the secret ingredient. In the search for your kid's A-team, you're probably going to need to try a few members on for size before you find the perfect fits. I asked Paul, what advice does he have for parents who are not feeling the love with their kid's current therapist? I think the two words, speak up. Yes. Um, you know, ask questions. It might just be a communication thing. You might just have a therapist who's absolutely killer at their job, but they just aren't articulating or communicating that in a, in a thorough way to you. Don't just sit there in silence. If you do, Don't just go, oh, she'll get there, she'll get there, she'll get there. Speak up, ask the questions, get the answer. If by then you're still not happy with the response or you don't think it's still right, then, you know, start considering whether or not that is the right therapist for you. You know, you can't make it personal when it comes to the therapist. Some therapists and, um, and children just don't gel and just don't find a groove. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you say, it might just be, they might be a good therapist, but it might just be a vibe, like a, a personality thing. And as someone who heads up a team of therapists, you can tell me, right, these therapists don't take it personally when a client moves on. Right? No. Right? And, you know, we've got a big, we've got a big clinic um, uh, and 
quite often, like, it's not as if, like, it's not like the breakup, like you said, right, and then you move on and you start dating someone else and there's a low chance you're ever going to see that person again. In many cases, you may break up and then you're with the, with the therapist on the next mat two metres away, <laughs> right? And, you know, yes, that is a level of awkward, but our therapists are professionals and they understand that sometimes all elements have to come together for the therapy to be to work perfectly for a child, right? And sometimes if there is a missing piece, then that child is better off with a therapist who can tick all the boxes. Yeah, I love it. We've got to have super high standards when it comes to our kids. You've got to have the best. And we, yeah, with the abs- NDIS, we can have the best now. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What kind of impact can a good therapist and a good therapy centre make on the experience of families navigating the NDIS? I think these, these things are all invaluable for your journey. So I think I mean, we've touched on it already, but I just, if I can give a piece of advice, do not put up with therapy, therapists or a clinic that is just adequate. This life is hard. Acknowledge that. Make it easier by finding the place that is perfect for you and your family, a familiar place where you'll be surrounded by familiar people that will become your people, therapists that you consider friends, you know, and it includes your therapist, but it also includes the support staff, the receptionist, the admin team, the person who schedules the intensives or schedules the appointments. This and and the network of parents that we've already spoken about that you see around the place. This is what you're looking for. You're looking for a therapy family or a therapy community that's going to help you get through the next two, five, ten years of your life whilst you're on this journey. So it's this network of therapists and admin and other family and all that sort of stuff that will help you learn the intricacies of navigating the NDIS. The NDIS is huge. Not one of us will ever understand all the intricacies of the NDIS. But from each of these people, you will learn so much. And don't forget that they will learn from you. You will learn from each other's mistakes and you will learn from each other's wins. And that's how you're going to get the most out of the NDIS. For us, we found our place in three different therapy centres. We've cherry-picked. All those physio, OT and speechy all work for different centers so you don't have to commit to one don't have to get all of your therapy from the same place absolutely um absolutely that's that's very key and i should i should reiterate that that's uh, another good aspect or a good quality of a great therapist is someone who's completely open to working with other therapists from other disciplines no matter where they are another point when you know a good therapist you know, when you've got a young kid and you're new to this space, a lot of people can be afraid to touch your child, to cuddle them. You know, your oh. kid might be like ours was spewing all over everyone, <laughs> but you go into these places and the therapist, you know, will hold your child and be with them in a way that you're not kind of experiencing in your other circles of life. And that is just so yeah. special. They're not daunted. They're not afraid. Um, and that's just so meaningful oh. at the start of this. <laughs> oh my God. That's such a great point. And that's what we were with, with Max in the early stages with Max is that we were going to a physiotherapist who would barely put their hands on him. And we, as people who are new 
to this process could not understand that we were at a physiotherapy session and our child was barely being moved or manipulated in any way, shape or form. So we just didn't really think that that job. So that's when we started Googling and we started searching what was out there. And as a parent, that's just what you got to do. If you think there's more you can be doing, then look for it. And that's what I, all I can do is, is implore everyone that if you're not happy, look for better. Yeah, and a good therapist will muck in. They will get dribbled on. They will get vomited oh. on. They have a change of clothes. I'm sure they have many. It's not an issue. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We've got we've got a we've got a drawer of t-shirts and clothes at our work that our therapists routinely go to throughout the day <laughs> for for change. And if they and if they don't and if we run out of those and they they start wearing you know the the superhero costumes from and and and, 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 and the, the costumes from the dress up box because that's all that's left. <laughs> I love it. A big thank you to Paul for this awesome chat and also to my sponsor, Higher Up, for supporting me in making this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and catch you again soon on NDIS Know How.